Welcome to Red Leaf Retrocast, Retro Gaming, episode 122. I am JD. Colin, your theme pick today. Yes, we're doing feel-good games. Because with things in the real world being as crazy and depressing as they are, it's time we try to inject some positivity into people's lives, even if only a little bit. Well, my positivity is I will not be, tentatively, I will not be homeless at the end of this month. <laughs> Hooray! Oh, do tell. <laughs> well, I got a house. I know for the past, like, three months on various podcasts, <laughs> I've just been kind of ticking down my days of homelessness uh, to make it a, a morbid joke comment. Uh, look, Colin, I was I was looking up Planet Fitness me- memberships and living out of my car. It was, it was going to happen. <laughs> what do you do in your free time? Oh. Well, I go work out, I take a shower, and then I go back to my car. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. Long time coming, long time coming. The, uh, the contracts are all signed up. I got all the bank shit. Uh, basically done and rolled out. So now it's uh, inspection next week. Then it's appraisal shortly after that. And then closing date all within supposedly less than 30 days from now, which is pr- which is more of an indication of how crazy the market is right now. But that's adult talk. That is that is crazy. But um, obviously. Big basement, gonna make that big gaming room time, big bar room time, big man cave time. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think the funniest, I think the funniest thing of the whole place is it's straight out of like 1960. Everything's super groovy, shag carpet <laughs> wall to wall. And when I say shag carpet wall to wall, the stairs even have shag carpets in them. The <laughs> bathrooms have shag carpets in them. <laughs> there's a there's the main support beam in the basement that has shag carpet in there which obviously <laughs> means super cat scratching post obviously of course <laughs> but yeah I, I can't wait to like put my cat in there for the first time and he's like freaking out I I this is what I have pictured in my head I'll put him down he'll be super pissed for about a split second, and then he'll realize like he took a bunch of acid for the first time. You know that feeling where you're just tiptoeing everywhere, and then your eyes get super dilated, exactly like that. And eventually, <laughs> it'll kick in where he'll start rolling in it. <laughs> well, I've never taken acid, so I don't know. Well, I mean, you've seen some movies. I have, mm. but I, I don't think I've seen anything particularly drug trippy. No train spotting or fear and loathing in Las Vegas. I oh, really should. There you go. You've seen you've seen the movies that matter. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen those. I know of them. Oh, but I've only well, seen bits and pieces. You should probably see Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Probably. Yeah, I've that. been meaning to. Though I did watch Falling Down last night. I am. You remember familiar. that one? That's uh, Michael Douglas movie. Guy's stuck in a traffic jam during a heat wave. His AC's broken, and then after a while, he just cracks and then starts going across town, just beating the shit out of people who are assholes to him. <laughs> Actually, it's sounds, a pretty cool movie. That sounds some pretty field good stuff there. <laughs> yeah. No joy on this podcast today. I know I mentioned uh, house stuff for me. He has super uber important house stuff himself. So that's his. But he did give me some notes over the couple games. His theme pick is next. He's uh, going to be picking that at the end of the day here. 
that's where ah, we yeah. stand with Joey. Uh, he spent a lot of money. <laughs> let's put it that way. Uh, to to he's been he's been doing renovations on his house over the last couple of years, one step at a time. So I will be joining him in that future never-ending endeavor, <laughs> if you will. Oh yeah. Cool beans. I think the big gaming news, Colin, is the Stadia is officially uh, kaput. It's done. Get it out of here. It's not just broken. It's shut down. Imagine my surprise. Oh, no one could ever see that coming. No way. No way. And Google's actually offering out refunds for this thing. That's how much of a disaster it was. Yeah. Yeah, good for them. Yeah. For the people who won't. (laughs) won't be able to have their games or take their games with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a disaster. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. I mean, Stadia. I woke up um, in the morning. It's like, Stadia's closing down? What? What? Where's my Stadia? Oh, that's right. I didn't buy one. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, Willikers. What is this world coming to? But um, in gaming just kind of what we've been up to haven't played any dragon quest 5 kind of this whole buying a house thing really got in the way of important business <laughs> you know yeah. uh, uh from the wrestling podcast side super busy with that almost daily at that point uh, with the project i set out and done and uh, i completed it over the weekend so if you're listening to this and you're a wrestling fan i reviewed every single stardom five star event Threw it on the Patreon, patreon.com slash redleafretrocast. Big self-plug here. Uh, Full attendance breakdowns, match reviews, match recommendations. The whole deal throughout the entire tournament. Pushes, non-pushes, the whole thing. Uh, Not to mention all the things I already do for the Patreon on top of that. So uh, that's what I've been doing on that front. And if you're Mm -hmm. an anime fan, the new anime season has just started. Uh, We did an episode last week where we previewed our moving bar. And previewed the season, so if you're an anime fan, listen to the anime podcast. We'll have the summer season reviews on the next coming episode, which will be next week. Now, yeah, I just I just listened to your latest Bleach re- review. Yes, we've been doing Bleach. It's something I've wanted to do for a while, especially with the with um the uh, Bleach anime coming back, and they're gonna finish up. Is the idea? I figured uh-huh. let's start from the beginning. Let's do it uh, one arc at a time, and it's very it's very manageable. We've got we're two arcs in, it's about forty one episodes, and uh, we're definitely going to do a third one. Cool, I look forward to it. Now, video game my... wise, video game wise, I have played some Triangle Strategy. I awesome. I did manage to get a, a a couple hours in in between the podcast games, and I was like, I got to play some triangle strategy it's these look i've said this over the last who knows how long at this point but these style of games is like so my thing right now with oh yeah yeah with the uh rpg-esque 2d pseudo 3d adventure games uh with this square enix octopath traveler style triangle strategies right there the new game, uh, Dio Field Chronicle, came out. Don't I? I've held off buying on that. I, I probably won't buy it this year. I'll I'll wait and getting it. It's gotten mixed reviews, but 
I did play and I did end up playing that demo and the gameplay mechanics is what matters to me. Seems a little grindy, probably too much, but I kind of expect that out of these games at the same time because they have that retro Super Nintendo-esque feel to it. Uh, these are just a hits with me and I can pick up and play uh, anytime. Um, I'm getting to some decent to above average storytelling <laughs> with triangle strategy finally you know they're they're nice. very they're very one notes kind of bland they're not really it's it's your basic adventure of these kingdoms story kings maybe some love in in between you know no, none of these stories are very extravagant you know we're not talking horizon forbidden west over here which by the way i still love I, I tried playing that for about half an hour, and then it's like, oh, you have to go to the bank. I was like, oh, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> There's a T-Rex robot thing in front of me, and it's, okay, I'm dead. I guess I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> I whoop me. I was like, oh, oops. So oh, Good, you got your priorities straight. Yeah, yeah, the, the house things. Now, my uh, the back to the house things. You're going to love this plan. You ready for this, Colin? Yes. Anything non-breakable that I can move cuz I'm I'm moving like on a weekend on a Friday. I'm going to take Friday off. Anything non-breakable. I'm talking like clothes, uh things that I'm comfortable kind of knocking around a little bit. You know, maybe a a dent here or there is okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm buying a bunch of trash bags like the industrial black, you know, thick garbage bags and like yeah. all my clothes are just going to be thrown in there. Let's go chuck them in the house, make the next trip. And then anything that I can't pick up by myself, which isn't much considering of what I have, uh, I will uh, grab a couple friends. One has a big van and we'll move that shit on a Saturday or Sunday before uh, I'm out of this apartment. So garbage bag time. Can't wait. <laughs> nice. How's that for a plan? Ever done something like that? Uh, kinda. I mean, when I moved from my folks' place to my new apartment last year, I had uh, I'd moved all of my stuff into like little big Rubbermaid containers. They're they're basically just like giant plastic. Yeah, they're big Tupperware things. Crates. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm going and even I, cheaper than that. <laughs> well, I. My mom has a whole whack load of them in her attic, so she let me I borrow like them. It. Okay. Yeah, and I I just, during the, the lead up to the move, I would just uh, put all my stuff into those crates and then one day at a time move two of them to, my, to a storage unit I was renting. And then on the day of the move, I'd just rent a U-Haul and head over to the storage unit, pile everything in at once, and then bring it all at once to the apartment so that was because given the <clears throat> given the way my job was operating it would have would have been way too stressful to just take everything from the house put it into the u-haul and bring it that way oh sure it's better to just pack it ahead of time have it in a storage unit and and then grab it then so yeah, that's me. That's my little moving story. What games have you know. been able to play that isn't uh, the podcast games? Anything at all? Well, some. I mean, 
these past couple work weeks have been absolutely brutal. I mean, it's been nothing but 13 to 14 hour shifts, sometimes longer. And that leaves me with less than six hours to sleep at night. And on top of that, I've been dealing with a bed bug problem. Basically, one of my apartment neighbors. Yeah. One of my apartment neighbors moved out recently, and my landlord discovered bed bugs left behind. But so, Colin, bed bugs only happen in crap, crappy Motel 6s. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, my landlord brought in an exterminator to deal with it. But at the same time, had him check my bed with a black light to look for traces. He didn't find any, but not long after that, I started getting welts and... Now, a couple of weeks later, I look like I have shingles. Well, oh, no, that's terrible. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. So I guess when they like fumigated things, they migrated to you. Possibly. Yeah. Or the landlord tracked some in when he <laughs> or the exterminator tracked some in when he checked my bed. Oh, uh, that's possible knows. as well. Yeah, they some latched onto him and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Yeah. But thankfully, my landlord <laughs> Brought an exterminator in again to clear out my bed just on Friday. So hopefully that's the last of it. Hopefully. Yeah, you yeah. don't want to deal with that. Yeah, but I've been playing a little bit here and there. And on the toilet, I've been playing uh, Cyber Shadow and Blaster Master Zero. <laughs> Cyber Shadow. Great game. Hard as shit. My God. Yeah. Yeah, I've only been playing bits and pieces, but. That's all I need to do. Just go to the next checkpoint and then. Yeah, and not then go from not there. long enough to rage quit. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, call that that last bit of the game is just you might as well put it down. Like, don't even try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as for as for Blaster Master, I uh, had actually found all three zero games on sale on the switch recently and. I quite enjoyed the original Blaster Master when we played it for the cast, yep. even if you guys didn't. But I figured getting the remakes would be a fun time. So, so far, I'm enjoying it just as much, if not more, if it's over the original. Got like, you have a map for one thing. That's already a huge improvement. And it's got some new weapons and abilities and some actual character dialogue. I mean, the characters are fairly generic anime looking characters but oh yeah that's not the main focus of the game it's as per just... as per the 90s <laughs> yeah <laughs> well yeah 80s. having a map is already a big improvement and trying to think what else i played i mean well i didn't play it but the sequel to freedom planet came out on steam recently yeah i had no idea when did when did that come out I think it was like just a couple weeks ago. Wow. I really liked the first one. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed it too. It uh It's funny this that the original one looked like something straight off of Sega Genesis. Right, and that was one, the appeal. It looked like it, it, I remember when it came out people called it the good Sonic game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it it would have been cool if they had actually put it on like an actual Sega Genesis cartridge, like with Xeno Crisis. Did they not do that? I feel like I, they did. They had a limited release of things like that because a lot of a lot of these 
retro-esque inspired games do tend to release them on like NES or Super Nintendo or especially Genesis cartridges because they're they're pretty affordable to make. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if they did. I haven't really looked into it. Perhaps I will after the cast. Mm. But but this, but Freedom Planet 2 looks like it came from Sega Saturn. So that's fairly appropriate. But yeah, once I get some time, I'll definitely download it and play it. So it looks like a lot of fun. Speaking of Sega Saturn, I know this isn't it's 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 relevant to the joke, but there is a pretty terrible anime out there called Uncle from Another World. Okay. Now, I will say, I think the main character is pretty, like, ass. It's very unappealing. This The story isn't all that great. But it does have good comedy every now and again. You ready for this? Okay. So, the short version of the premise is, Uncle goes into a coma. Okay, in like 1990, I want to say like seven. Okay. Okay. He's a huge Sega fan. And that's like a big joke with the guy. He wakes up in the co- out of the coma in 2022. And there's lots of funny quips where he's learning like today's technology and uh, what YouTube comments are like kind of things. Because uh, he does, you know, he, he missed out on his entire adulthood, essentially. But uh-huh. You know, he was a, he was essentially a teenager <laughs> when when Sega. So it was like the, one of the first things he asked is, "Did Sega win the console wars?" And like, uh, no. <laughs> oh, what are they doing now? <laughs> they're they're they don't make consoles anymore. And he's like, he's about to. <laughs> they make the joke. He's gonna jump off the balcony immediately. <laughs> like life's <will> not <laughs> worth living. <laughs> That's funny. But throughout throughout the uh, throughout the show, like all of his intense life lessons and all of these things he references old sega saturn games particularly of like all Uh these rpgs and um there's one where he buys this old magazine it's like what one game of the year and it's uh in japan it was this like point and click rom-com adventure thing (laughs) you know he he goes "Ah, you know they're very popular uh i understand and it's like one of those seething (laughs) <laughs> about to explode moments. It should have <laughs> been Burning Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes on this diatribe of why that should that should have won Game of the Year. It's in those senses the, the that's when it made me laugh as a retro gaming fan. I was like, okay, these are funny, but the anime's not good. Not good. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> good to know. Yeah, the the Sega Saturn jokes were just cracking me up. Like a lot throughout it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, okay. that's that's everything I've been playing slash observing. Well, feel good games time then. Let's do it. All right. I got the drop ready just now. And for the field good games drop, that was the Donkey Kong Country theme. That makes me feel good. It really does. All right. Yeah, I actually, yesterday, when I was out grocery shopping, picked up a used copy of Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze for my Switch. Oh, I really like that game. I got it on the Wii U, though. <laughs> nah, you scrub. 
Actually, so before we get into this first game here, I am going to play a little bit of the theme from the first game because I think the music is uh, very interesting and very addictive for the game. So I'm just going to play this uh, first YouTube video that just came up here. There it goes. Yeah, it's very extravagant, like saxophones and trumpets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that song became something about me. Skip the head a little bit here. Nikki Bumfi, so good. Yeah, I totally hear it. All right. Very wacky music for the first game. Uh, the first game, well, for, for so that was Katamari Damachi. I'll just let it yeah, yeah. fly right there. But um, so you explained why, I guess, why you came up with Feel Good Games, uh, especially considering a lot of the topics we've picked lately are like, post-world destruction (laughs) yeah i was gonna say we've done enough dark and dreary games for the past three casts it's time we got back to basics and actually had fun again fallout bioshock beneath the steel sky all these yeah all these cyberpunk uh uh dystopian uh post-apocalyptic yeah it's very very funny these uh this this was definitely very much welcome when i started playing them uh yeah, this is good. Yeah. And prior to this cast, I have played both these games before. I have beat both these games before, so uh, you know, nice. the, yeah, the the first one I played for about you know an hour, had a little fun on a couple levels, uh, replayed a couple, replayed them even once uh, once over, and then uh, for the second one, I my plan was I was only going to play like the intro and tutorial stuff, but <laughs> Colin, you're not going to believe this. Yeah. I got four crystal stars. Oh, nice. I couldn't put it down. And I beat <laughs> and I beat it pretty recently. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, a couple years ago uh, or less. Very nice. fun. Very fun. <laughs> and yes, I do have it on the GameCube and I put it in the Wii. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I played it on my actual GameCube. Yeah, uh, I should have put it. I should have played it on my on my GameCube, but um, you know, I don't. I don't know why I like playing the GameCube games on the Wii. I think it's because I have just both controllers kind of set up already, and uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I ca- I kind of like. There's something about the Wii I just really like. Makes sense. And but so before we get into it, just want to ask, what games can you think of? Besides the podcast games, that would qualify as feel-good games. Doesn't matter how retro. Um, you know, uh, I always like my old sports games. Always like oh, those. Yeah. Very, very relaxing uh, until I, like, put myself in a tournament. <laughs> and then it gets very stressful very quick. But I remember Blades of Steel being very important to me. Uh, in college, it was, like, NBA 2K, I think, 8. Uh, because, oh, yeah. yeah, uh, where we would just go through because that had like multiplayer franchise mode. So it'd be me yeah. and like three other friends just starting seasons upon seasons and drafting and 
Uh, we made like deals that you can only play like certain games when you look at your calendar that matter. You're like, oh, okay, so you have to pick and choose, and it would just last for weeks. So those were fun times. Um, and then I would say, outside of kind of the the middle Final Fantasies uh, nowadays, like Final Fantasy seven eight nine in particular especially since we covered them on the podcast like i tend to just kind of boot them up and play bits and pieces just to ah, yeah. wind down uh so i guess field good games kind of roll into wind down games for me what can i play that takes up very little time that i know i can just pick up and enjoy the music in it enjoy the environment and it's it's kind of along those lines what i have been into uh, very recently, of course, is the um, the retro style RPGs like Triangle Strategy, Octopet Traveler. Th- those games are my feel good. I-, I I just feel real good playing them with them. Uh, I don't have to think very hard. Uh, they're they're not like super intensive, um, like reaction games. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty key nice. to it. I don't I don't have to try very hard while holding the controller. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could like lay in bed on my back and it's just especially the portable ones cuz the Switch is very portable. I can just lay in my back, put it on my lap, and then after like 20 minutes or 2 hours, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> I can <laughs> I can just turn it off and put it to the side and go to bed. Like those are my feel good games these days. Nice. Yeah, for for me personally, <clears throat> games like Elite Beat Agents, which we covered on a fairly recent episode, that's definitely a feel-good game. I went into detail about that. Super Mario Sunshine, definitely feel-good. Brings forward a lot of fantasies of visiting tropical islands and such. A hat in time, definitely. That's a very cheerful, very colorful game. Though it can get legit scary at points. Undertale's good. I think a lot of people would agree on that. Gravity Rush. That one. That one really took me by surprise. And Professor Layton. It's got the whole Miyazaki aesthetic going. <clears throat> That that definitely warms the cockles of my heart. <laughs> and I wasn't going to mention it before, but since Joey's not here, fuck it. Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. Yeah, all the all of the games just leave me feeling better after I've played them. On the wrestling podcast, I just uh, made fun of a wrestler who is a big Kingdoms Hearts fan. He comes out with like a Keyblade shit. <laughs> That's funny. I was like, how am I supposed to cheer this guy? <laughs> of course. I can't help but boo. <laughs> Anyways. Let's get into the first game. All right. First game is Katamari Damashi for the PlayStation 2. Developed and published by Namco, released on the PS2 in Japan on March 18th, 2004, and in North America on September 21st, 2004, 
and later on it would be re remastered on PC, Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and Stadia. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. <laughs> And for anyone wondering, the title literally translates to Clump Spirit. Oh, I never looked it up. I guess that makes sense. I just saw it at random on the Wikipedia page. And the plot is pretty quirky. The king of the cosmos, with his giant cylinder head, out of nowhere, ends up breaking all of the stars in the night sky. You know, typical Tuesday. Sure, yeah, of course. And his son, the prince... That is, the player character is tasked with creating new stars by rolling up random objects into balls like a snowball and bringing them to the king. And yeah, that's pretty much it. The The gameplay involves rolling a ball around, catching small enough objects onto it that will clump together and it'll... It gets bigger and bigger, and the bigger it gets, the, the higher your score. And that's pretty much it. You're just using the, the two joysticks to move around. Yeah. it's uh, Well, you can you can kind of toggle flip them real quick to make your ball go faster. It's a, yeah, it's it just... a game heavily uh, emphasized on, I guess, uh, making a satire of Japanese culture, uh, especially wacky right. art styles. Very si- stylized. Yeah. And that that intro. How can you not smile at that intro? With all the bright <laughs> colors and the catchy as hell theme song. I feel like everyone listening has heard that song somewhere on the Internet. Sure, sure. And there's a lot more of these games <clears throat> that came out that I wasn't even aware of. Like there's me and my Katamari on the PSP that that seems super interesting. How, how would that work? Because it's two analog sticks, right? How would it work on the PSP? Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know how that would. Yeah, work. that's only seven bucks, so I might actually, might actually pick that up. Uh, there's, let's see, I know there's a Vita game, uh, but I don't think it came out in the U.S. It did. Touch my Katamari. A little bit more expensive, thirty bucks. So that, if you're that in, means something. <laughs> well, but if you're into if you're into portable, like I still really like my PSP. I do pick it up from time to time. Uh, much more than my Vita, although the Vita. I am always looking for things to add, and I think uh, because the Katamori games, you know, they don't need to be anything different than what it already is, you know? Yeah, because yeah, it's good as is. Yeah, because it's it's very relaxing. It's <laughs> I like this. It says, uh, let's see, uh, it says um, it is a puzzle. It says it's a puzzle game. <laughs> <laughs> Puzzle action is what it is, is what it categorizes as. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> not, not sure which uh, <laughs> which that qualifies under, but I, I yeah, guess really. when you look at it, it's like what would it qualify under? Yeah, it's it's very hard to categorize into one genre. <laughs> but my funny my funny story is uh, re- revolving Katamari Damachi is how I got this game originally. Okay. So it was me and my buddy from college. Uh, we were both working for the same company, living in Lafayette, Louisiana. Okay. Okay. Went to a used video game store, and they had this big pile of just like PS2, Xbox 360, whatever, just discs, just lying there. 
and they go for 10 cents you can have whatever game and then so i just got a bunch of change out of my car uh-huh. and i just started picking a bunch of games that look like they could work because they to them they were so scratched that they either wouldn't work or they couldn't sell it so i got like hitman 2 silent assassin i got some sports games that i you know wanted to check out and katamari damachi was one of them for 10 cents works <laughs> perfectly fine to this day so does hitman 2 silent assassin so i don't know whether the laser is strong enough in my ps2 still or what have you but I think I got like 12 games that day and like 10 of them worked. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So that was great. And we ended up playing Katamari Damachi from start to finish in one sitting. And this was my probably third time going through the game in those in the last 10 years. Holds up incredibly well. It's very relaxing. It's trippy. It's fun. You can literally pick up probably any game in the series because, again, like I said earlier, they don't have to change anything. The concept's already there. You know what you're getting for your X amount of levels. And then yeah. after so much period of time, it's essentially, okay, what what console do I have? Because I'm looking at the list. I mean, yes, they're all PlayStation, but if you, well, now Nintendo Nintendo Switch, just boot it up and you're good to go. It's it's very relaxing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had kind of the opposite experience of you. I, I was ha- actually had a bunch of trouble trying to play this one on my PS2 because it just plain refused to read the disc, which was weird because I still had the game in the shrink wrap. It was still brand new and my PS2 <laughs> couldn't read it. So Maybe it's a laser it might, thing. Could be. Maybe time for a new one. Because I have a Dreamcast game, a Super Magnetic Neo, where not a scratch on it. It's clearly like hardly been used, but the Dreamcast just can't read it. It's the only one. It's very it's, ah, that sucks. Yeah, they they say there's no such thing as disc rot. I'm very much uh, disputing that claim because <laughs> <laughs> something happens over time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it I... is exactly, but maybe it's not technically rot. But there is some sort of deterioration that goes down in either the hardware or the discs or a combination of both. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I actually tried cleaning the inside of my PS2. I mean, I thought it maybe it was just full of dust or something. Fat but... one or slim one? Slim. Okay. Yeah, I Black actually opened silver. it up. <laughs> Black. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I attempted last week, just opened it up. Didn't really do anything. I mean, there wasn't any really any dust in, dust inside to speak of. I just I tried swabbing the laser lens with a Q-tip and greased some of the machinery with some multi-purpose grease and then mm. put it back together, but that didn't do jack shit. Yeah, it's very it's very tough when you start like opening things up and you're wondering like what exactly is wrong with them. Uh you know, it's it's a it's a yeah. bummer cuz I I have uh two Dreamcasts. I've kind of mixed and molded over the years to try to get like the best working one. Might be time to get a third one, but the Dreamcast just is made pretty poor in general <laughs> so ah, that sucks. like it's the only it's the only console i have that i've ever had any issues with is the dreamcast but 
it has the most flexibility at the same time because I can get like I can make my own discs for it essentially <laughs> <laughs> and play all these games. So like it's like, ah, what am I really complaining about here? Kind of deal. But yeah, um, yeah. Joey does have uh so, some brief notes. It's not a lot, but he, he did he was kind enough to give some notes uh this morning. Katamari Damachi PS2. Intro is some drug induced dream. <laughs> Educational diagrams yeah. are the best. I agree. Uh-huh. Cutscenes are weird and the king is a jerk. Oh, very agree. King is a uh-huh. fun game around a basic concept. He passes it, and I will spoil it. He gave it a B. Oh, good for him. Good for him. Yeah. Look at that. Mr. Positive over there. Yeah. <laughs> over in the Houston. I'm pleasantly surprised. I was expecting a lot of dark jokes this cast. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, got of, his, he's got his opinions over the Ways of twisting things game. around. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. We'll get to that. Uh, my point over Katamari Damachi is it's relaxing. There isn't like it's very intuitive for anyone to play, which is quite rare in this day and yeah. age. I think I think it's a game on any console that holds up pretty well. Uh, I imagine they're all kind of the same score unless they start getting kind of wacky with concepts. And this is coming from someone who hasn't played anything other than this first game. Ah, yeah. So. Once I get, I gotta mark this down because I gotta make I gotta make new lists over kind of what games I want to like buy and search for, because uh, I I these last couple casts have really got me thinking about what I want to play to completion and then just what do I want to try and get more feelings like this in my life and Katamari is kind of on there, so I would be very curious about the PSP and Vita games of Katamari and see how those work out obviously won't be covering it on on the podcast and the theme well wait how, um when did uh, the PSP version come out me and my katamari i don't think it's uh old enough yet oh 2005 it certainly is colin <laughs> <laughs> look at that there you go yeah the PSP is that old now isn't it yeah <laughs> it, keep, it keeps hitting me that like now some Games on the Wii and now PSP are very much eligible to be retro, according to us in our 15-year or older rule. Yeah. So Katamari Damachi, you can, I mean, it's like a six, seven-hour game, uh, depending. Yeah. Yeah, about that. You can get it on the PS2 in your variety of regions for about 10 bucks. Uh, you can get the uh, Katamari Reroll on the Switch for like twelve. <laughs> I'm sure there's a sale uh, at some point going on. I had on. to pay like I had to pay like forty bucks. Forty? Nah, come on. I, I'm looking. I'm looking at. Uh, I'm looking at some eBay things right here, and they're like it's like twelve bucks. Ah <laughs> uh, man. Yeah. So in Canada, that would be what fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, I don't I don't know why it was so expensive. Probably got it just straight straight new, which is that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, even then I, I think I, I think did new the they're only going for twenty now. I think new is only twenty now. Yeah. And it wasn't when I bought it. Alright. Um yeah, I passed Katamari. I really do. And I want to yeah, play more. Definite pass. All right. 
And we can get into the second one, which is a lot longer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it Four is crystal paper. stars I got. <laughs> Four. I think there's only seven. I think there's seven. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, play, I played uh, halfway, I think, is the technical reach point. Well, let's, not get ahead, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. But that's how much I the played. I was, I was very addicted to it. Nice. It is Paper Mario, the Thousand Year Door for GameCube. Developed by Intelligent Systems and published by Nintendo. Released on Nintendo GameCube in Japan on July 22nd, 2004. In the UK on October 4th, 2004. In North America on October 11th, 2004. In the EU on November 12th, 2004. And in Australia on November 18th, 2004. Very spread out release. Now, I've never played a Paper Mario game, so this was definitely an interesting experience. Never. Never. Okay. So I played this in response to the Game Grumps playing it years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of listening to their playthrough at work. Oh, it's I fantastic. Drive. I love that playthrough that they have. Uh, it, they they played the whole thing. It took a long time, <laughs> but they did yeah, beat it. Yeah. Uh, I played it in response to that. And then I played, bought, and beat Paper Mario the Origami King. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What I haven't played was like Sticker Star on the DS, Color Splash. I believe that was on the 3DS. Those didn't quite get rave reviews by any means. But from what I can tell... Like Paper Mario on the 64, Super Ma Paper Mario on the Wii, all got like yeah. critical reviews. They sell very well. Thousand Year Door is is regarded as the cream of the crop. But if like yeah. the Origami King, like I really like that game. I do recommend it. I spoke very highly of it. It's very simple to play. It has a unique uh, yeah. battle system, which is something I think a lot of these Paper Mario games excel at. Is their unique battle system mechanics? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thousand Year Door is right, right there. So this was, again, a pleasant surprise to pick up again. And it's amazing how much I forgot just in a couple year span. Over, yeah. like, because there's just such an extensive amount of dialogue. And that's where I think the game truly excels. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even, even Yahtzee from Zero Punctuation had a lot of good things to say about it. <laughs> Yeah, the, the game's plot is as follows. Princess Peach is on vacation and gets a treasure map from a street vendor for the Crystal Stars, which can be used to unlock the Thousand Year Door, which leads to an ancient city beneath the starting town, which supposedly has a bunch of treasure. Mm, supposedly. Yeah, and she then sends the map to Mario through the mail to invite him to join her on finding the stars, and by mm. extension, the treasure. A little adventure, just the two of them, eh? <clears throat> Yeah. <laughs> Assuming Toadsworth's not hanging off of her every second of the day. That's her, like, huh, old Toadstool attendant. They who, who also appeared in Mario Sunshine. Mm -hmm. There's actually a bunch of Mario Sunshine references in here. You actually see a bunch of the, <clears throat> the people from Isle Delfino in the town. 
And right off the bat, the game is bursting with personality. It's like... So many people like making dark jokes about the Mario universe that I feel like the gaming community as a full as a whole has kind of forgotten how to let the childlike imagination just wash over them. Well, excuse you, Colin. There's a freaking noose in the opening area <laughs> just hanging out there in, in the town square. Yeah, that kind of undercuts my point. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, there's apparently there's a mafia uh, group that runs like the arcade business <laughs> yeah yeah threatening like <laughs> threatening people with uh cement slippers and the like <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but the rest of the time it's a fairly it's quite a colorful upbeat game i mean i let we mentioned the battle system it's really good it's like most moves require active participation from the player, whether it's hitting the A button right before your attack lands for double damage or holding the joystick left during a hammer swing and letting go at the right time to increase damage. It reminds me a lot of Legend of Dragoon. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, exactly. That's a fellow uh, now um, rare podcast host, Kevin, uh, over on his Twitch streams. Uh, he He plays a lot of uh, pretty good game, so go check out his console Kev Twitch. Uh, shout out to him. Yeah. He loves Legend of Dragoon. You can probably find like four playthroughs <laughs> he's done through of that <laughs> game alone. But it's it's the the best part, well, a best part is how interactive this game makes you play. And that's it, too, too often turn-based strategies are just click through a menu, click the button, and you're done. And while that's okay, and I obviously, I mean, I play a lot of games that, that are like that, this one's much more interactive with how you interact in battle. Hell, there's there's an audience that grows or decreases with how well you're doing, and sometimes yeah. they'll throw good things, sometimes they'll like throw tomato, the, the equivalent of a tomato <laughs> your way, yeah. and you have to go, go down and whack them to get rid of that. Uh, there's yeah. even a move to appeal to the crowd, which gives you... Uh, uh, I guess it's like flower points. No, um, star points, I think. that. I think it is flower points. Well, flower like points is like moves. the magic system, I think. Yeah. And then there's like star points that you appeal or gather over battles, and that'll give you a super special move. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you have like one or two of those after after a while to like, got like the sweet treat move where you can do like a little mini game to launch stuff at falling items. Like they'll give you extra health or flower points, but got to watch out for the poison mushrooms. Cause that'll freeze you for a certain amount of time. Then right. you'll miss a bunch of stuff. Uh, yeah, there's so instead of like a, a, an enemy system with magic defense or anything like that, what it is, it's, it's essentially the anatomy of the enemies throughout the game that you kind of have to work around. So, you know, it's it's simple things. Oh, this enemy has yeah. spikes on their head, so you can't jump on them. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta hit the hammer. And that'll them. flip and them. And some are flying, so you can't hammer them. You gotta jump on them. Right, so there's, there's a lot of aspects like that. Now, sometimes, I will admit, it gets a little frustrating because you don't have 
necessary items or materials or even the amount of points left to do those moves. So then you're just kind of stuck in battle. So that requires you to go back, rest up. There's a lot of running around in the game to make sure you don't get caught in moments like that. Yeah. You know, that's a that's a aspect of RPGs that are pretty obnoxious <laughs> across the board. So Paper Mario is no exception. Yeah, uh, you yeah. just really have to be you really have to look out for things like that. And because this is well, at this point, it's an older RPG. You could possibly save yourself, save yourself, say, get a save point, And you've locked yourself into an area that you can't get out of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I found the pacing in this game to be really good. It's another example of an RPG that just rolls. It's like not once in the first few hours that I feel like I was just grinding. Well, the, I think the tutorial is pretty long at the start. Yeah, but I think that's more on the, the dialogue from the characters than yeah, anything it's, else. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of dialogue set up for sure. Uh, so I could see that kind of waning on people. It's like, all right, let's go. I want to get in the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the the 2D, 2D-3D art style was kind of reminding me of something for a while, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it. And then I realized it reminded me of Danganronpa. <laughs> I mean, what what with all the whenever you enter a building, all the all the walls and doors fall away as you enter and then build back up when you leave. I guess Danganronpa did. I a guess lot it is paper like. Yeah. I'm get. I'd be that hat. It's like on Danganronpa's part, that had to be a deliberate reference to Paper Mario. But. Yeah, I mean. I love how quirky the game gets like one mini boss, which is like a big thwomp has you thinking you'll be fighting him. But instead, you play a trivia game show. That that had me chuckling a bit. And of course, there's one toad kid in one town who's constantly referencing other Nintendo games like Fire Emblem and Game Boy Advance. It's like, did you see the newest Paper Mario? You had to collect like. Seven mushrooms and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> All that meta humor. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the humor, the humor is a next level type uh, writing style uh, with this. It's uh, it just yeah. si- just simple dialogue uh, choices, even just. Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry uh, that we treated you that way. Um, Mario, how do you f- how does this make you feel like one of the options is you hurt my feelings a little bit? <laughs> and then the others don't worry about it it's like okay all right (laughs) (laughs) now and the game isn't above a little bit of dirty humor either because at one point that was very surprising yeah at one point you're playing as peach after she's been kidnapped and then she goes into the washroom and takes a shower behind the curtain and then (laughs) she goes to talk to the the villain's supercomputer, and apparently it was watching her and fell in love with her <laughs> after doing so. Yeah, a computer <laughs> is now sentient in the game. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, that doesn't come till much later, surprisingly enough. Really? I, it was because when I played, it was like after the first getting the first crystal star. That's when you play as the well, no, the whole Peach. no, the whole section of like playing as Peach. 
Like there's a whole giant area. It's like oh. near the near the end. Hmm. With the yeah, Xnauts. Like there's a yeah, lot of setup I, I, with the computer and you're doing mundane tasks. The actual like battles don't come till much Oh later. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get that far. Been a busy man, but <laughs> I but this is actually shaping up to be one of those rare podcast games where I actually want to keep playing afterward. The only other two I can think of are Toki Tori and Beautiful Joe. Yeah. Well, I've I've played a little bit more of Siberia, for example, from, uh, stemming from the last podcast. I think I'm kind of done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's just got... I, I want to do other things. It's just a little too slow. I did beat Beneath the Steel Sky, though, from the last cast. Nice. I did end up beating that, because yeah. I only had, like, an hour left. <laughs> yeah, and I know you guys continued with uh, Half-Life and Bioshock. Uh, oh yeah, I didn't ask Joey if he, if he, you know what, I'll message him right now. Did you beat, uh, <laughs> let's go, did you beat Bioshock? I know you beat Half-Life, but I'm not sure about Bioshock. There we go. Message him, see if he gets back to me. But, uh, oh, you know what, I should read, uh, Joey's thoughts over Thousand Year Door here. Intro and okay. tutorial feel a little too long. Uh, he likes the artwork. Scene transitions are nice. Not a fan uh-huh. of turn-based combat, so yeah, okay. That's not he's he's not into those. He likes uh the more like Boulder's Gate action combat deals. Yeah, yeah. Takes too long to get started, not a fan of the game mechanics, so interactive uh the thing I was praising the game for, he doesn't like. Uh he says it's not his cup of tea. He fails it because it's not his t- kind of game, but he gives it a C. So it's not like it's a harsh fail or anything. Okay. okay. That's fine. He can he can feel he can feel that way. <laughs> Mr. Sad. Mr. Sad Black Pill. Yeah, right. Doomer. Well, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door is like a 40-hour game. It's it's a it's an investment. Yeah, yeah. But I'd say it's a worthy investment. Yeah. I oh, we, okay. We so, should uh mention the uh some of the platforming mechanics because hey it's still a mario game it is still a little bit of a mario game go for it (laughs) and occasionally you get little abilities to traverse the environment more effectively they're they're supposed to be quote-unquote curses but one of the first you get is once you stand on a certain platform you can fold into a paper airplane and (laughs) fly across the gap to the other side and another one another one lets you like turn <clears throat> turn like sideways so that all you see is like they look like a piece of paper moving back and forth with that with it horizontal away from the camera as opposed to the way it normally goes which lets you either slip through prison bars or fall down a sewer grate <laughs> to a secret area stuff like that it, when it really takes advantage of the the way everything's set up that that's really fun well a major aspect about the game is so it's split into seven chapters and per chapter it takes you to a whole new environment uh, part of the world which in turn you get a new storyline and a new like partner that joins your party and that partner has special abilities that you can also use in the in the real world, whether it's um, the Koopa Troopa 
that can turn into a shell and you utilize his ability to solve puzzles with like kicking a shell, uh, hitting buttons. You have uh, the ghost girl that can um, blow and make whirlwinds to, to, to rip paper away to reveal secret areas. Uh, and they also have their unique aspects of battle, but you can only have one with you at a time. And you can switch yeah, them yeah. out accordingly to, to help you try to solve how to beat certain enemies. And usually the, the person you're with is the best way to <laughs> defeat enemies in that particular chapter. It's like if yeah. you want to grind, that's kind of... And, and the later you get into the game, sometimes you'll come across old enemies again that you need to bust out the old partner. Uh, the... So that that's that's a real cool aspect of the game as well. The 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 part I also like is because the chapters feel so unique to one another that that's what keeps the game flowing. And it's not your typical ice grass fire areas. It's very this one is super unique to only this like universe you're in. Uh, and you get your very variety of degrees of Mario characters uh, ac- across the across the land. It's, it's super fun. So like the first area is very basic, get you going. Then the second area is uh, let's see, the second area is like a castle uh, kind of setup, I think, or is that the first one? Yeah, no, whatever. Uh, then you get a place called like the Punies, where you're in this kind of great big tree area, and there's some. Um, puzzles you get with uh the the lot of them they're like little fire firefly bugs kind of deals uh-huh then you go into the glitz pit which is a a, a blimp like sky town and uh, a lot of a lot of big wrestling feel <laughs> hell yeah colin <laughs> <laughs> rock hawk <laughs> you're going to feel the rock <laughs> nice yeah i was i was watching the game grums play and i fucking love that area that they play through with the the voices and uh the grubba voice that aaron comes up with oh grubba, <laughs> oh, grubba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like that i play call of duty shoot a man i play call of duty shoot a man <laughs> <laughs> You think you can handle this? <laughs> it's, good. it's good. It's good. It's good. After that, then it's um, I believe that's when you get to the the spooky town. Got a like a Halloween feel. Uh, there's some twisted turns there. Get new characters. Um, it keeps you on your toes, and you just you kind of don't know what to expect with each new area. Uh, that's so I, I stopped playing when I just got to the tropical island, which is where you get the Babam character, uh, which uh-huh. is an old like ship captain deal. Uh, pretty cool. I, I I really really enjoy this game quite a lot. Uh, again, oh, the, yeah. the 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 only major complaint I have is the fact that the game does make you run back a lot, and there's really no way to kind of speed that up. Just kind of a shame because that that like, oh, OK, before I get into these areas, I have to go all the way back to the tropical island, get this little item, and then I have to go all the way to this item. This item. Yeah, there should have been a fast travel system. Uh, you cut out. That's OK. Yeah, yeah. There, there, There's no fast travel system in the in the game. And that's that's a, a huge negative, I feel. Yeah. But aside from that, this game's fantastic. Easy pass. 
Easy pass. Uh, so Joey says, no, he did not beat Bioshock, but he played a lot of God of War, which he mentioned in the last cast, and he's playing Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, awesome. Hell yeah. All right. Look so that's forward good. to hearing what he says. Uh, easy pass. Uh, my favorite game, Colin, was Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. Um, oh, yeah. It's like a 40 hour game. It goes. It's not a, it's not cheap. It's still a $60 game, even on like eBay. Yeah, yeah. And that's about what I played for it way back when. Yeah. No, it's it's still it still goes for like a, a brand new game. Um I know there's ways you can possibly get it a little cheaper, like just the disc kind of situation, but I'm curious now about the Wii game, because I've never played Super Paper Mario, and that's apparently the best selling one ever out of oh, those really? whole series. Hmm. I don't know if I'll it's check it out too. Yeah, I don't know if it's exactly the the best rated. Let's let me let me check this out. It's got uh, looks like it got like eight point eight out of ten kind of situation across the board. And then for Thousand Year Door, this one got nine out of ten, so a little bit better. <laughs> okay, nice. So not too far off. Because uh, I uh, personally, I never really hear people talk about Super Paper Mario. Yeah, I've, I mean, Yahtzee briefly mentioned it during Thousand Year Door review, but I, I haven't really heard that much about it either. Okay, so Joey went B and C. What about you, Colin? Favorite in tears? Well, favorites, obviously, Paper Mario. Okay. Uh, Katamari gets a B, and Paper Mario kind of torn between an A and an S. Don't be a coward. I'll give it an S. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Uh, Katamari also B, so we get Bs across the board there. Um... For Paper Mario, ah, Colin, I'm I'm kind of torn. Do I dare go S? I don't know. Do you? I mean, we've had a lot of S's already. But well, Bioshock was year. our last like full S across the board. Uh, and I before think that was Half Life. Half Life, yeah. I think. Okay, so be positive. Make. <laughs> hear me out. Put some hear positivity in the world. Were there RPGs with extensive fast travel systems back in the early 2000s? Uh, that's hard to say. I mean, I know, well, this isn't early 2000s, but Dragon Quest V had a fast travel. Uh, hmm. I think, no, Final Fantasy IX was like late 90s, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. Trying to think what other RPGs I have. Yeah, it really makes you think. Uh, But so just because we can't really think of that, I can't really knock the game at that time period for not having a fast travel system, because that's where my biggest critique is. How long it took to go back and forth and you had to go to different areas and the, the loading times like a lot of wasted motion in between so since that wasn't common at the time i'm going s 
Awesome. So that'll, that'll make uh, Paper Mario to an A anyways, <laughs> because of Hooray. Joey's not for him feelings. Ugh. <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah, Joey's pick is next. Uh, he's going to get back to me on that. Colin. OK. See you in two weeks. Yeah. See you then. Bye now.